The commercial real estate deals have started. We're going to talk about that on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Welcome to Real Estate Revenue. I'm Paul Airy, and in this episode, we're going to talk about commercial real estate deals. I've been talking for a while about how the market's getting kind of screwed up because of what the Federal Reserve has been doing, and now it's starting to hit the fan because, because I'm starting to get these deals sent to me, and when that starts to happen, that's the beginning. So here we go. Now, I had a conversation with my banker. First of all, let me start off by explaining what's happening and why this is all happening, I guess. We should get into that. Most commercial mortgages on commercial real estate are financed with a five-year balloon payment. And so what happens is you, you buy a property and you get your financing, it might be a 10-year amortization, it might be a 20-year, but usually you're going to have a five-year balloon payment. So your payments are structured so that you have a 10-year amortization. Let's just go with that one. And But in five years, you got to pay it off. you got to pay the balance off. You have a balloon payment. Now, nobody pays those off, okay? Everybody refinances that balance, and usually... They refinance it based on the new appraisal because every time you finance a property, even if it's already been financed by you, when you refinance it, you get a new appraisal. You have to. It's required. The lender is going to require it. So usually rents have gone up. Maybe you've gotten control over the expenses and your your net operating income has gone up during that five years. And so you've increased the value of the property. So the bank gets this appraisal done and they say, okay, your, your million dollar property is now worth 1.5 million, maybe even 2 million. And so they're willing to loan you more than what you originally borrowed. So you can get cash back out of that. That's tax-free cash because it's loan proceeds, not income. And you can take that money and go buy another property. And banks are very willing to do that because you go buy another property, you're going to come to them for, them for another loan, right? So they're increasing their business, you're increasing your business. However, what has happened to screw this up is the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. Not just a little bit, they have doubled them over the last year. Couple that with a lot of these commercial mortgages are adjustable rate. So they were going up anyway, regardless of whether or not they were being refinanced. They were already going up. So what does that do to commercial real estate? And I'm not just talking about offices, okay? That's all we hear about on the news 
concerning this problem, it's like everybody, when they talk about real estate, it's always houses and apartments, right? Well, when they talk about commercial real estate, it's always offices. There's a lot more to it than that. Commercial real estate includes office buildings. It includes apartments, five units or more. It includes industrial properties and retail properties. All of these properties are getting hit with this problem. So you go back to refinance to get your balloon payment paid, right? And suddenly you find out instead of 4%, you're paying almost 8%. You're paying your your loan's going to go up. And some of these loans are even at 3.5, 3.6%. And, you know, the ones at the banks were a little higher. Those commercial mortgage-backed securities, they were usually a little lower interest rates. But the ones at the banks were ideal. You're usually at 4 or 5%. And then you're going to go up to 7.5, maybe close to 7.8%. So what does that do? Your payment has gone up a lot, but your tenant's rent hasn't gone up. They're still under a lease and their payment's not going to go up. You can't raise the payment until their lease ends and they have to renew the lease. And even then you might be limited by a renewal option on how much you can raise the rent. So I had a conversation with my banker about a week ago And I just wanted to get a feel for what was going on. And he said that absolutely they are already turning down loans, turning down these refinance loans. And it's because some of these properties are no longer cash flowing. And it's not even that they're not cash flowing in some cases is that They're not cash flowing enough. They're not meeting their debt service coverage ratio any longer. And the banks have changed those and made them more difficult, by the way. So these guys are getting turned down. So what happens when they can't refinance the property? What are their options? Well, here are the options. They have to either come up with the cash to pay the balance down on the loan so that they're refinancing a lower amount that fits into the loan requirements of the bank or they have to sell the property or refinance it somewhere else if they can find someone to refinance it or default. Believe it or not, some are choosing to default. Why would they do that? Well, when investors buy a commercial property, they don't buy it in their own personal name. They set up a company, usually for the sole purpose of owning that one property. Sometimes that company will own several of their properties. Either way, when it comes time to default, if, they're, if they didn't have to give a personal guarantee on those loans, if it's all in the company name and there's no personal guarantee, they don't care if it defaults. It doesn't hurt them. It hurts their company, but their company is not them personally. Okay, And 
they can take a hit with their company and that they can take a hit that they're not going to want to take on their personal finances. So a lot of times they're, they're going to walk away. Some of these, some of these people are just walking, especially the big companies like BlackRock. They've already done it on a couple of properties. They've already walked away on some big ones. I mean, these are like, there was, uh, I think the first one that I heard about was in New York city. It was in Manhattan, an office building. It was a $600 million property. And I believe it was a $300 million loan. Don't remember the exact numbers. There was a company in downtown Los Angeles had two, two properties totaling a little over $700 million. And these are some big hits. Okay. And that's just the beginning. So, why have I said that it's starting now? Well, I'm getting deals sent to me. Here are some telltale signs. Okay. We're going to start seeing properties offered for sale with some pretty serious concessions. We're going to see lower prices. We're going to see creative financing offers. And we're going to see people accepting deals they normally wouldn't accept just to get out of that property. A lot of these guys do not want to hurt their relationship with their bankers. And they're willing, they would rather take the hit on the property than take the hit with the bank. And that's kind of how I would be. If If I were in their position, that's what I would do too. I would rather take the hit on the property. I would rather lose when I sell the property. And so what's happening is I get emails from other brokers who deal with their investor clients. And I deal with my investor clients and and I'm an investor myself. So I get emails from these people all the time. I get emails from lenders and these are, these are, I'm on their email lists for, you know, they're sending me basically marketing emails. Uh, I get them from lenders. I get them from brokers, real estate brokers. So what I'm getting are deals that are marked down. They're offering seller financing with uh, not even waiting for the buyer to ask for it. They're offering it up front. First marketing, first time out of the gate, seller financing available. And the reason is they don't have a choice. They they have to do something to get rid of this property, and uh, that's what they're doing. So they're they're you know they're. I mean, you're still gonna have to pay off their note, but they want to get some of their equity back. So they're they're they are offering to seller finance probably the equity they have in the property. So where does it go from here? Well, we're going to start seeing more of these deals. And it's not necessarily just because they have to refinance. Some of these people don't have to refinance. I mean, I've, uh, I just took a listing this week. It's a large, it's a, I say a large, it's an industrial property in the Permian Basin. <clears throat> And it's it's a two and a half million dollar property, and we can do seller financing on that property. He does not have to sell it. He does not have to refinance it. 
He just recognizes that in order to sell that property because of the high interest rates, he's got to be competitive. So he's offering some seller financing. He's offering some seller financing at rates lower than what your normal lenders are going to offer. So that's going to start happening as well. So there are going to be some opportunities out there. You're going to start seeing more zero cash deals. You're going to start seeing more zero cash down deals. I'm not a big fan of that unless the rents can support both loan payments and give you positive cash flow. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I would not just blindly jump into any deal just because it's a no money down deal. Just because I can get into it for zero cash, it has to cash flow for me. I'm not going to take money out of my pocket into this loan payment without having positive cash flow. But this is going to increase the amount of deals out there. This is going to increase the amount of bargains, the amount of good deals that you can turn into something really nice in the future. Now, you might have to you might have to take less positive cash flow for a couple of years and that's okay as long as it as long as you're above the break even point as long as you have some positive cash flow you know when the key thing here one of the key things here is you know when you buy a property like this always look at the lease the lease is one of the most important things to look at When you buy any investment property, if you're buying a property that has triple net leases and you are 50% occupied and maybe, and this is another thing, a lot of these people aren't 100% occupied anymore. They're down, especially office buildings. Occupancy is down in office buildings. Now, Now, keep in mind, every market is different. Every city is different. I choose, I pick and choose the markets I get into very carefully because I know that everyone is different in some of these markets. Their office occupancy rates are down to like 25%, 40%, you know, just crazy, crazy vacancy rates in these things. And, but if you can get them cheap enough and get, properties that have good leases or have empty spaces sometimes so sometimes low occupancy can be a good thing if you're pretty confident that you can get more tenants to come in because if you can write a better lease than what the other guy had then you can do good you can if you can write a lease it's going to increase your income increase your tenants desire to stay in the property you can actually increase the value of that property by a lot. And, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with flipping a commercial property. If you can do that, if you can take a property like that and turn it around, get the value up because you've raised the income on the property and sell that property and get some cash, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I have kind of done that myself, and I have clients that have done it. And it's a good thing to do if you need to raise money. But, you know, in the long run, you're always better if you can keep your properties forever. The problem is when some, 
I'm going to get a little political here. When some idiot comes along and decides they can spend as much money as they want and, and, and print as much money as they want, and it's not going to have any consequences, well, then, then there's a problem. Unfortunately, the majority of these loans are at small banks. I believe the number was 67% of these commercial real estate loans are at small banks. Half of these banks are insolvent. Stanford Business School had a, a study that came out about two weeks ago that that said that. They, they researched all the small banks in the U.S. There were about 4,300 of them, and half of them are insolvent or close to being insolvent. So this is not an accident. I mean, this this is self-inflicted. It's it was in well, it was inflicted on the banking system by by the the central bank. It's like they want to consolidate all these banks under the large banks, and probably that's probably exactly what's going on. But I'm kind of getting off topic. So the deals are out there. They're coming to me right now. They're coming. They're going to start coming more frequently. Right now I'm seeing it in, it's a wide variety of property types. I've seen it. In, I've gotten a couple of RV parks. I've got a medical office building, apartments. I've got some apartments that were sent to me that were seller financing deals. And they're going to, they're going to start coming more and more frequently and now's the time to start thinking about what kind of property you want to buy. Get your cash together. Give it another couple of months, maybe another, maybe about September. Things are really going to hit the fan, I think. I mean, it's just going to snowball. It's going to get, it's going to get, we're going to see increasing frequency on these, on these kinds of deals. The numbers I'm hearing are, gosh, there's a wide range of numbers and. So they're saying right now between $900 billion and $1.5 trillion in these loans that have to be refinanced over the next two years, 2023, 2024. That's how much needs to be refinanced. Now imagine if, I mean, we have a $20 trillion commercial real estate market. So that's a pretty good chunk of that market. If it's really $1.5 trillion, that's a pretty good chunk. This is where there are going to be a lot of millionaires made out of this and some billionaires. We're going to see some huge opportunities. And, you know, if you don't have the cash, if you don't have the money, it, you know, you're probably still going to be able to buy it because there are going to be some no-cash deals. And, and, you know, also don't be afraid to pool your money with somebody else. You can't do it yourself. Get with a partner or something and, and do it with partners. Get with a group of people, form a group of people and do it and start buying up some of these properties. The thing is, what do you do with a building that's half empty? You know, well, that uh, that's probably a topic for another episode or two. And it's going to take some creativity. It's going to take some some innovative thinking and some marketing to fill up spaces. And some, it's going to take some real estate brokers to go out there and do leasing for you 
and you just have to be careful who you get. When I find a tenant for an empty space, I don't just stick up a sign and wait for someone to call me. And that's what a lot of brokers do. They stick up a sign that says for lease and that they wait for someone to call. They might put it on LoopNet or Craigslist or something, but they don't do any proactive marketing. I do proactive marketing for that. And I go out and find people and I network with people and I, I figure out who would be good for an empty space. And I go find that person and say, Hey, we got a space here for you. And, uh, and I do that. I do a social media marketing and, and, you know, we don't just sit back and wait for the tenants to come to us. We go out and find those people. And that's what you have to do when you own one of these properties. When you buy a property that's half empty, you got to go out and find somebody. It's your survival at stake here. You have to find somebody to put in that property. So you have to get off the couch and go out and look for people. And there are different ways to do it and some innovative ways to do it. And that's what you're going to have to do in in the, the near future in real estate. But there's also going to be some opportunities in houses. I'm not a big fan of investing in residential real estate. However, if you need to make some money, it's a good way to do it. These things are going to come up. People are losing their jobs. There are 6.9 million adjustable rate mortgages out there in the U.S. on homes. People are, their payments are going up and people are losing their jobs. That's not a good combination. Some of these houses, they're going to get foreclosed and they're going to get evicted. And, you know, it's just, it's sad, but that's the way it is. And somebody's got to, somebody has to buy those houses. Somebody has to do something with them. You can buy those houses. You can renovate them. You can flip them, make some cash, go put that money into some commercial properties and and hold it. I'm a fan of flipping residential and holding commercial. I wouldn't, I don't like the idea of having, I don't do apartments either because I don't like the idea of owning properties that people live in. It's just not my cup of tea and you know, it's not in my investor DNA to do that. I like properties where people work and that's, that's what I like to invest in, but I'll buy a house and flip it. If there's money there, I'll sure do it. I'll buy a house and make repairs and flip it. Or maybe even if I'm in it for all cash, maybe I'll even sell or finance it to somebody and get the income off of it that way. And at least that way you're not responsible for all the repairs. Once you've sold it, keep your eyes open, get out there and look, these deals are coming. And, uh, you know, go over to the YouTube channel. It's at real estate revenue. You can go to youtube.com slash at real estate revenue. And that is my YouTube channel. I normally do these podcasts and shoot video on it. I'm not shooting video on this one, but the others I have and up, I do other videos on there. So go over there and you can comment there, leave comments, subscribe while you're there, by the way. And uh, leave me comments in those videos and ask questions. If you have questions about real estate, leave them in there and I can, I'll be happy to answer them. I'll reply to the comments and I'll even make videos. If you know, if you have a question about something that's a good idea for a video, I'll be happy to make a video on that and explain that. So uh, come on over there to the YouTube channel and I'll see you next time on real estate revenue. 